What is going on, everybody? You are listening to The J-Red Show on Anchor and Spotify and everywhere else you get your podcast. This weekend for football was batshit insane. Not only did... Did we get one of the, if not the, greatest FIFA World Cup final matches between Argentina and France? But then the NFL was like, hold my beer. The Buffalo Bills defeat the Miami Dolphins on a walk-off Tyler Bass field goal in the snow. The weather was clear for most of the game, but midway through the fourth quarter, it started to snow. And with two seconds left, the Bills clear the snow, and Tyler Bass kicks the field goal, the game-winning field goal, to send the Bills to the playoffs. It's going to be one of the most iconic wins in Bills history Fans will look back at the game and think of the snow and just a huge win for the Bills. It's almost like script writers wrote it. And that's the way I could describe this entire weekend. Between now, I'll get more of the Bills game later. But let's other the other craziness. The Minnesota Vikings come back. From 33 to nothing over to beat the Indianapolis Colts and they in the greatest comeback in NFL history, breaking the record held by the 92 Bills over the Oilers. The new in- What the hell? The New England Patriots lose to the Las Vegas Raiders on a boneheaded play. It was tied 24. Instead of taking the knee and going to overtime, New England opted to hand the ball off to Ramirez Stevenson on a shotgun draw. He then laterals to Jacoby Meyer. Meyer runs 10... 10 yards backwards and tries the lateral to Mac Jones but instead it lands in the hand of Chandler Jones who runs it in for the end zone for a touchdown. The Dallas Cowboys blow a 17 point lead to the Jacksonville Jaguars and then lose the game in overtime on a Ray Sean Jenkins pick six. The chair. The Chargers beat the Titans on a walk-off field goal. The Jets miss a walk-off field goal to um lose to the Lions. The Giants win after the referees missed a Giants beat the Commanders after the referees missed a pass interference call. Cincinnati comes back from 17 down versus Tampa Bay. 
and Kansas City gets an ugly uh, overtime win on a fumble to beat the Houston Texans. Talk about bad shit insane. So, I was looking at this, like, which of these teams had the best win, and which of these teams had the worst loss? The worst loss could go to, I mean, there's a lot of teams, all those teams I listed all had heartbreaking losses. But I think the worst loss is, is a toss-up between either France, the Colts, the Patriots, or the Cowboys. The French for losing a thriller and it's a championship game. The Colts for blowing the largest lead in the NFL. The Patriots for losing on a completely stupid play. And then the Cowboys, while it wasn't as insane as the Colts game or the Patriots game, pretty much lost both ways. They blew a commanding lead and they lost on a pick six. The best win was obviously Argentina because they won the championship. That I'll say Minnesota for making a huge comeback and winning their division. Then Buffalo for the snow. That because it's a toss-up. You could say Detroit. You could say Vegas. You could say the Giants because these they are all Jacksonville. They are all huge wins to keep their playoff hopes alive. But man, if I didn't know of any better, I'd say both the NFL and FIFA are scripted. You'll hear jokes about them, about script writers. I mean, obviously they're not, but it seems like they're scripted. Kind of like back in the 90s when the WWF and WCW wrestling organizations were in the Monday Night Wars where their flagship shows Raw and Nitro wanted the same time slot. And they would compete with each other for ratings by throwing out the most bad shit insane stories. That's pretty much what happened between FIFA and the NFL. Well, on to the Bills game versus the Dolphins. The Bills won 32-29. Um, Josh Allen was 25 for 40. 304 yards, 4 touchdowns. Pretty much Josh Allen stole the game. My mindset on the Bills has not changed at all. I am really concerned about Ken Dorsey and Leslie Frazier and the way they are calling these games. Buffalo was losing by eight in the third quarter. The defense could not stop um, Tua Tagovailoa and Miami's offensive attack. The offense completely sputtered in the third quarter. It really felt like the Bills were going to lose. But then Josh Allen goes into Superman mode, plays out of his mind, and manages to get the single-handedly gets the win for the Bills. So basically, I'm going on these, regardless of what happens, I'll go to these playoffs with cautious optimism. I have cautious optimism that we have an elite, elite world class quarterback, almost a freak of nature, who can, um, I'll make another wrestling analogy, like he, Hulk Hogan hulking up in the 90s and the 80s, where he would get his ass kicked throughout the match and then he would start shaking and doing his Hulk up, and 
that's how he would win. Well, that's Josh Allen, the Buffalo Bills. They could struggle throughout most of the game, but then Josh Allen just can just enter that mode. When Josh Allen is clicking, the Bills are unstoppable. And that's what they need to win the Super Bowl. Because as I said, I am really concerned about this, about both the play calling on both the offense and the defensive side of the ball. There was a lot of missed tackles. There was a lot of just just awful play calling. But a win's a win. The Bills take it. They go on to face the Chicago Bears. But the status of the game is unknown because of impending winter storm. Chicago's at 3-11, so on paper this should be a win, but this is the NFL. I guess another reason why I'm cautious that the for the Bills is, while they do have their flaws, so does all the other top contenders. If you're a Chiefs fan, are you feeling good about your team? Probably not. Last week, you almost blew a 27-point lead to the dysfunctional Denver Broncos. This week, you needed a, fum, a fluky fumble in overtime to defeat the worst team in the league, the Houston Texans. So while the Bills have the question marks, so do the um, Chiefs. The Bengals overcame a 17-0 lead over 17-0 deficit over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I guess you could say they have their flaws, but they're starting to scare me a little bit more than the um, Chiefs right now. So all the top contenders are have their flaws. On in the NFC, in the NFC, I think Philadelphia and San Francisco has won me over. They are the class of the conference. Now let's talk about the Minnesota Vikings. When I check, I, I don't, I don't have NFL Network, so I didn't see that game. But I checked my phone, and I was like thirty-three to nothing. Yep, I told you the Vikings. I was, I was gonna, I was going to go on this podcast and say, yep. The Minnesota Vikings are frauds. I tweeted a YouTuber named Urinating Tree. And he's been comparing the Philadelphia Eagles to the 2020 Pittsburgh Steelers. A team that started 11-0, but then they, um, they, but they constantly played down their competition. Then they went on a losing streak in the end of the season and they lost the wild card round to the Cleveland Browns. He he was I was kind of this thing probably thinking too. He we were thinking that the Eagles were that team, but the last two weeks they kind of won me over. The Minnesota Vikings are the worst statistically the worst eleven three team ever. I I told I tweeted him and I'm like yeah. This is more like the 2020, the Vikings are more like the 2020 Pittsburgh Steelers. And he agreed with me. So I take a power nap. I wake up. And what do I read? The Minnesota Vikings come all the way back to win 
breaking the Buffalo Bills record in the 93 wildcard round versus the Houston Oilers for biggest comeback. And now they are 11-3. I am still not sold on the Minnesota Vikings. You came back against the Indianapolis Colts, a team that has a rookie coach in Jeff Saturday, who's pretty much a puppet for Jim Irsay as the coach. When things start to go wrong for the Colts, they um they just fold. Like I look at the way the Cowboys dominated that fourth quarter a couple of weeks ago. And look at the and then I, then I just look at the way Minnesota came back. So again, Minnesota's now the worst eleven and three team ever. I am still not sold on them. I'm still not impressed. I'm impressed with their record, but I'm not impressed with them. I still think they'll I still think they'll lose in the wild card round. They'll come back to Earth sooner or later. But maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they'll bullshit their way into a, into the Super Bowl. That's how batshit insane this football season is. Dallas, I I, I think listen, I think Philadelphia and um San Francisco are your top two contenders in the NFC. Buffalo, Kansas City, and Cincinnati are your top contenders in the AFC. Maybe Baltimore with a healthy Lamar Jackson. But um, as, I think the Ravens are in trouble. They just lost to the Browns 13-3. Without Lamar Jackson, they're just they're nothing. And even with Lamar, I just can't say they're up there with the Bengals, the Chiefs, or the Bills. Or the Eagles or the 49ers. The Cowboys, I'm leaning towards a fraud. I mean, I think they're better in better shape than the Vikings. But, again, they've blown a lead. Um, they almost blew a lead last week versus... They almost lost last week versus Houston. They lost versus Jacksonville. But this is the year... But this is the year where I look at these teams... And but then now I want to go to, to the playoff contenders. Those are the Super Bowl contenders. And there's a couple teams I want to mention: the Jets, the Giants, the Jaguars, and the Lions. I went into this season thinking they would be football's equivalent of what the Baltimore Orioles are in baseball, or what the Buffalo Sabres are in hockey. They're not good. You are seeing signs of a good team in all four of those teams. Four dysfunctional franchises who look like they will finally turn the corner. I mean, Jacksonville 6-8, one game behind Tennessee at 7-7. Seven and seven. I think the Titans are a fraud and just the lead of a, a terrible South division. Um, Vegas Raiders are in it, so maybe they can sneak into a playoff spot. Giants are eight five and one again. They don't have a lot of talent, but I love what um Brian Dable's done with them. NFC South a terrible division. Like I said, but those four teams I listed, they are to um football what the Orioles were to baseball, 
and what the Sabres are to hockey. And speaking of the Sabres, they're four points out of a playoff spot. They've won four games in a row. Tage Thompson continues to have a fantastic season. He is third in the NHL in points behind Dreisaitl and McDavid. And second in, goal in, and second in goals in the NHL behind Ole McDavid. The Buffalo Sabres could very well have the second best player in the league. I mean... If nothing else, the Sabres finally have a face of a, the franchise. And I look at this Sabres team, and time will tell whether or not whether, where this will go. Whether or not Adams and Carmano, whether or not Adams and Granado can do this franchise, what Bean and McDermott did to the Bills. But I'm looking at them right now, and they look like they kind of remind me of 1996 and 2004. Those two years, the Sabres, just like this year, they were not good yet. I cannot call the Sabres team good yet. But you see the signs of something special. You just, you just see this team come together. It's Christmas time and they are four points out of a playoff spot. It looked like they were in trouble after losing eight in a row. But they've come together nicely. And they're now on a four-game win streak. Starting to get back into the playoffs. Or at least in a playoff race. And, I mean, Thompson's up there. I mean, you look at this history of the Sabres franchise. They have four golden periods. The French Connection era from 1974 to 1983. You had... Um, the. The LaFontaine-McGillney era in the early 90s. I mean, I look at the LaFontaine-McGillney era, and um, really it's just 92-93 because it was the only Stanley, it was the only playoff round they won with those two. But I really felt like they could have won the Cup if they, if they didn't get injured in that series versus Montreal where they lost all four games 4-3. And three of them in overtime. And then we had the Hasek era from 1996 to 2001. And we had the um, Breer-Drury era from 2005 to 2007. What I see from Tage Thompson, it's reminded me so much of how Danny Breer developed in the mid-2000s. How they came together and they, and they created that super team. How they created those two golden years. How everything just came together. And that's what I'm seeing from this year's Sabres. Again, they're not there yet. And time will tell whether or not they actually get there. But I can see signs. Unfortunately, there is a snowstorm coming Friday. I had tickets for that game versus Tampa Bay, but it looks like it's not going to happen. Meaning the Sabres won't likely play until Tuesday. Um... Their farm team, the Rochester Americans, has a 14-9-1-1. And that was, I mean, that was no, that's another comparison of today's Sabres versus the mid-2000 Sabres. Last year, the Rochester Americans won their first playoff series, first two playoff series, since 2005. In that 2005 year, they had um, Pominville, Miller... 
Vanek. The key pieces that created that 0507 run. And I'm looking at JJ Paterka. It's reminded me so much of and what what the Amherst have right now. It is reminding me so much of what we saw in the mid 2000s with Breer and Drury. So I, my fingers are crossed. The glory days will come to the Buffalo Sabers. Linus Allmark looks like he's improving. The Sabers beat the Vegas Golden Knights three to two. They jumped to a three nothing lead in the first two periods. Then Vegas scored two goals, and pretty much the, the Sabers dominated the first two periods. Vegas dominated the third period, and Linus Olmark stood on his head. Goaltending is the key to whether or not this Sabres team can turn things around. Finally, I'll, I'll, believe, I'll, I'll briefly talk about the World Cup. I, I did it on my pregame and postgame show, but... As I said, Lionel Messi, that pretty much um, established Lionel Messi as um, the best of this generation. It's hard to argue the best of all time because there's so many different errors. There's so many different ways the game was played. But I think this, so you really, it's like when people argue Michael Jordan versus LeBron James. You really can't compare. But this World Cup final, I think this, this World Cup, Cemented Messi's leg Lionel Messi's legacy as the greatest of this current generation. I think this puts him ahead of Cristiano Ronaldo. He got six goals, two in the final. I mean, Mbappe had a great game for France. He scored all three of the French goals, two in two minutes. He was the only reason this game was close. And as I said earlier, it was one of the best FIFA World Cup games of all time. On to the NBA. Um, the Phoenix Suns are getting new ownership. Um, they stand with a 19 and 13 record. Now the Suns have been known for being notoriously cheap, which is why this new ownership change is, is good for them. I can see this team, this new ownership group, Matt Ishba, throwing money into this Suns team to put them over the top and. And solidify them as an NBA contender. Right now, they are currently um, fourth in the um, Western Conference behind New Orleans, Memphis, and Denver. But they only trail by one game. The, the NBA, this this NBA Western Conference is really close. The top six teams are all within two point five games of each other, and they're four. And, and for the, those are the six playoff spots. Then for the play-in round, Dallas is only four and a half games back. So, it's really close. But Golden State's underachieving. They're 15 and 17 with Steph. I think Golden State's in trouble. I think they're going to fall. I, I, the Lakers are in trouble as well. Now, the NBA, the Eastern Conference is more uh, spread out. We have Milwaukee and uh, Boston, the top two. Cleveland, three. Um. Chicago's in 10th with 10 games back. So the, the Western Conference is a lot closer than the Eastern Conference. But like I said, I think this new ownership group will put money into the Suns. But it's pretty, we got, but it's pretty amazing how quickly championship windows can close. Last year's NBA champion was the Golden State Warriors. And last year's Super Bowl champion was the Los Angeles Rams. The Rams completely fell apart. They are on pace 
to have the worst record of any defending Super Bowl champion. They are four and ten. This is this is the second quickest a defending Super Bowl champion has been eliminated for the playoffs. We have seen um teams miss the playoffs, but not as from when they win the Super Bowl, but not as quickly as this Rams team. And then the Warriors too. They they always put this in a, a rematch of Boston versus um Golden State, but the Warriors are in trouble. Roy thoughts hit me on Twitter at J Red Show. I'll, I hope you all have a Merry Christmas, a Happy New Year, and I will see you later.